0: Hello and welcome to Salopcast. Myself Ollie and Glyn. How are you doing, Glyn?
1: Okay, yeah. Been another busy week. Two games, FA Cup action. So lots to discuss this week, Ollie.
0: Yeah, So we're doing this a bit earlier. It's still light time, which is uh, which is we do mm. most of the season in the dark. Yeah. So yeah, here we go again. So. Yeah, so it's been um, a busy week. Two games, um, some interesting results, um, and yeah, so um, just kind of before we jump into the action, a couple of things. So one that yeah, we got asked to go on Love Sport Radio. Mm. Um, I was away all week, so I'd then do that. <laughs> um, but you went on, and yeah, apparently you have a new name.
1: Oh yeah, you, you referred me referred to me as Glyn Hughes of the Salop Cast. I haven't got the heart to correct him when you're live on the radio. It's a bit yeah. embarrassing, isn't it? But yeah, so I went on there last night to talk about the uh, the Bradford game and and uh, what it was all about and seem to know more about Bradford than he did about Shrewsbury, which doesn't really surprise you, but uh, yeah, it, was, it was quite a funny thing. But yeah, Glenn Hughes, feel free to just keep calling me that, Ollie, that'll be hilarious. Glenn Hughes. Glenn Hughes, <laughs> Glenn Hughes yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. That can be your pseudonym, you know, oh, if you have to man. give a wrong name to the to, um, to a police officer you can just say Glenn Hughes.
1: <laughs> it's annoying.
0: So yeah, I've got a, gl- a joke for you, Glenn. I was listening oh, really? to a podcast in the week, yeah, so I thought I'd share this funny joke with you, I'll share it with a couple of people, I thought it was quite funny. <laughs> so um so someone has been stealing tyres off cop cars. right. Police are working tirelessly to find the culprit. Oh
1: man, really, Ollie? What? <laughs> yeah, is this, is I like this, it. I, it's quite a good. I, I quite. I guess I think that you're just uh, now starting to tell jokes at the start of the podcast because you you want to now claim the mantle of the funny one on the podcast. Yeah. which I, I firmly debate uh, with you along long where we're going with that, Ollie. But oh, right, there we go. Is that going to be a regular feature? jokes? I don't jokes? know. Maybe
0: if you keep finding funny <laughs> jokes, like yeah. But um, happy to be abused. But there we um, go. But talking of jokes, we're gonna. There's a bit of a joker in the next game. Um, so, we, we can talk oh, yeah. about Agent Tony. True enough. Um, which is really funny. So, yeah, let's jump into the Peterborough game.
1: Mendez Lang and a chance to acquired its four. And that might just send Shrewsbury down into League Two now. So, the first game this week was an encouraging win in uh, League One. Tuesday won 1, Peterbury United nil with our goal coming from Ebanks Landell. So, yeah, another Tuesday night game. uh, Another sub-5,000 crowd, but um, not helped by the fact that there was only 252 lads from Posh came. So, not ideal in terms of uh, the attendance. Again, it continued that trend of every... Game this year with the corresponding team, Ollie. Um, the attendance has been down, but there's been various reasons for that, I think. And um we'll talk about the, the, the attendance at the FA Cup game, which sort of plays into that, Ollie. But yeah, we, we are sort of seeing a little bit of a creep downwards of crowds this season, aren't we?
0: Yeah, it is a little bit concerning that the attendances are going down. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe something worth discussing um at length. Um, on a on a one one game week podcast potentially yeah uh, maybe potentially. ask the fans their opinion uh, mm. maybe even ask Brian for his comment as well yeah okay. um, so maybe that's something we could do um, but going into the game um, I think I, um, I found this new website um, called Who Scored and they have loads of analysis which is fantastic for our level yeah it's and good, there's isn't it? definitely a lot more focus on League One and Two in the last few years while we've been doing the podcast and it's got loads of interesting things about like their average performances and their assists and you know what their strengths are and weaknesses and I think everyone knew going into this game that Peterborough. Uh, have quite a prolific um, goal-scoring unit up front. For sure, yeah. Yeah, Tony and Issa. Issa, obviously, the brother number of Issa um, that we had. Um, Both of them have scored 12 goals. Mm. And Madison is nearly at double figures and, obviously, he's probably one of the best players in the league. Um, And, yeah, they're a very, very attacking outlet. They scored 39 goals this year. So, obviously, going to this game, um, obviously, everyone was talking about their attack um, and how we were going to cope with that. So, I thought that was quite interesting. Um, And then, also interesting, they got... Ferguson's back there for the third yeah. time and yeah you know like is only any manager you'd won back three times I don't know I find that a bit odd um, so yeah he's he's inter- <laughs> interesting stop myself
1: saying Paul Hurst then <laughs>
0: <laughs> interesting one with um, Ferguson because um, Mark Elliott was quite scathing of, of Peterborough in terms of how they play it's almost like they put the players out on the pitch and kind of expect them to perform and yeah it'd be interesting to get your comments as we go through the game about what you thought about was kind of how well coached they are—that's as a question. Mm. Uh, but in terms of in terms of team, how did truth be line up?
1: So yeah, two changes, Ollie. Uh, the first we sort of were suspecting, which was Ebanks-Landell, who's recovered from his injury, came back in for Rashawn Williams, who'd got the red card at Wickham. Um, but the one we weren't expecting was that uh, Max O'Leary has picked up an injury, and um, we didn't really find out about it till the night. So suddenly we were sort of seeing the team selection, and, and Murphy was in goal. So. He hasn't really let us down yet, so not too much to worry about, I suppose. But you you would have wanted to face a, a sort of free-scoring Peterborough with your number one goalkeeper, but didn't matter too much in the end. But yeah, Murphy in goal, so then Ebanks, um, Pierre and Beckles as the centre-backs. Love and Goldburn as the win-backs. Laurent, Norburn, sort of the more... I'm going to say defensive, but that's really not true anymore. Laurent Norburn is a sort of behind Wally, Edwards and Cummings as a sort of front three. So, yeah, it's, it's again, sticking with that tactic since Sunderland, Ollie, in terms of the formation and, and the joy it's been given us, I suppose, in a more attacking sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, potentially it's a more attacking team, obviously, from, Um, lineup. line-up. Um, it's nice to see Edwards um, playing a bit more. I'm not sure yeah. he's quite in his best role as such. And I feel, feel a bit sorry for Edwards, and am a we'll coming to that. Um, as we go through the Peterborough game. I feel a bit sorry <laughs> for him. I feel like he's working at a kind of different wavelength for the rest of the team. Uh,
1: I feel sorry for him until he keeps missing sitters.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I knew that was going to come up because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, he missed bloke. one against Bradford. But um, yeah, you know, good to see. Um, and yeah, obviously no real concerns of Ebanks coming in. Obviously, it's great no. having you know so many good central defenders. Fantastic player. Yeah. So um, so this game, I wasn't at this game. I couldn't make it. I mm-hmm. was away in France. I was on, on a work. Single week going all over France um, yeah I think it's fair to say that we started this game really well um, within three minutes um, Cummings had turned really well quickly in runoff um, Edwards was running beyond him and Town were passing up front so I'm sure you were happy with that Glenn. um and then Norburn was collecting the ball off the top three so some of the things that we've been talking about about forward runs and how we've been distributing the ball I think it's fair to say that you know we started as we did against Wickham really we started with really really good intentions and were you quite pleased with how, how well we did?
1: Yeah, I think you're completely right there to compare it to the start against uh, Wickham to be honest with you. They they tried to get on the front foot a bit more. Um, Edwards was getting up there and, and making those late runs. Cummins looked quick and sharp. Um, we possibly weren't finding quite the right ball at the right time for him to, to utilise his skills running off the back man. But yeah, you, you, like we've said now for a few games in a row with this attack it's Kept our defensive solidity, and although it hasn't generated a lot of goals, it does make us a little bit more exciting to watch in an attacking transition. And they still quite haven't quite figured out how to get a lot of goals out of it. But it's certainly a little tweak that has made us a better team, Ollie. And in that first 10 10-15 minutes, it was it was certainly notable. Um, I think I think teams are starting to sort of get to grips with the fact that we've changed tactics now, and maybe it's taken them a little bit longer to get to grips with it in terms of how the game develops. But you can't really blame us getting on the front foot. I think the, the thing is, it will go as we, we go through this early fa- phase was. And in terms of maybe up to 25 minutes, Terram being on top, you thought a little bit back to Wickham and thought, well, we haven't scored in our sort of good period here. But as the game developed, it didn't end up being a problem. But that, that was my sort of feeling as we as the first half developed.
0: Yeah, and a really nice, good example of that is, yeah, Norwood put a great cross in and Pierre's nearly scored. Um, we ended up with a corner and yeah, I thought we were p- p- pinning them back. And it was interesting as the game started, I was, I was, I was following the game from afar and yeah the possession stats in our favour was huge for the first mm. 15 minutes like over 70% and yeah it kind of took like yeah 10-15 kind of minutes and then the game started to go a bit bitty um, but it was interesting in terms of you know how opposition were setting up and posh were really happy for our central defenders to have the ball and weren't were, really yeah. pressing us at all um, but then when our central fielders has got the ball um, they, you know, they were really keen, which which is quite odd actually, because obviously Pierre and Ebanks, you know, and, and Beckles at times as well. Beckles played some nice balls over this week. Um, you know, our centre vendors aren't actually that bad on the ball when they're given a bit of time. So that was an interesting tactic they took. You know, when they're under pressure, they really do struggle, but when they've got time, they're really good. So yeah, that was very much in their favour of how they how Posh kind of approached us.
1: Yeah, and Ebanks is probably I think we've said this before the better of the the four centre backs in terms of his play on the ball and his distribution and you could sort of see that that was playing a good part as well. He was you know, playing some of those nice cross field balls across to the, the wing backs when they got advanced um, who were both doing really well in that opening period and um, the game did get a bit bitty after 10 minutes I think we came off that really quick start um, and it maybe became a bit more even but you're right we definitely had more of the ball and there was lots of passing around at the back. Um, I don't think town fans were getting frustrated but the, you know, you get the usual mob of get it forward quicker but there is, a, there is a method to the madness now with that playing it around and looking for the right caps and you know, it's just getting to the edge of the box and, and quite where it goes from there. But yeah, we, we certainly we certainly were in, in control, I think, of that opening period for me. So
0: Wally put a nice cross in, really, really well defended um, by Posh. also the advantages, isn't it, of having Wally in this kind of free roll, kind of off the striker, is that when he gets onto the right, obviously, you know, we get to then get the best of him. Put a super ball in and really good defending from Posh. And Cummings would have... Cummings, it was dipping on Cummings' head and he would have had a point-head, blank-header, put a
1: goal. That was really good. He turned away like he knew he was going to yeah. score. <laughs> yeah,
0: he did. And then there was a really nice attack, again, a ball from Worley. Um, a defensive error um, from Posh. And yep. Edwards is in. And he I think he had more time than he realised. And he fired wide. He hit it really hard. And that went wide, and that was that was a, that uh, was a disappointing.
1: That was disappointing. That was a glorious chance, and and yeah. you know the David's of Alder just took another stride forward and just got gone around the keeper or just smashed it in. He's but desperate he, I think
0: he's desperate to score, for it in a positive sense. He yeah. really really wants to score and see that goal. For took
1: his... it very early, didn't he? And I think that's an indication of how much he wants to get that league goal, his first one since he came back. As I say, uh, you know, if it had been Faye running through, we'd have probably taken it a few more steps on and then waited for the keeper to commit. But Dave went early. Sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. But it went a bit embarrassingly wide. And you know, I think when you look at it you know he missed that glorious header, didn't he against uh, Bradford at home then this one and then he missed one in the FA Cup And it's just three really good chances for him to score in the last few weeks and it just hasn't quite gone for him and you yeah. uh, you know everyone everyone is willing Dave Edwards to score his first you know proper goal outside of the you know the, the league trophy which doesn't really count does it but um that's going to be such a massive moment for him and a massive moment for our fans as well and it just, oh it just won't happen at the moment for him poor bloke
0: no, 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 it's not working. I thought he was going to score in the FA Cup, actually. yeah. So then he would stop him from scoring in the league. <laughs>
1: um,
0: and then we had an attack, which I'd call, which I'd describe as like a, cas- a classic 2019 Salop attack, where we get the ball forward. Laurent runs into the box and tries to make a pass, and it goes to a posh player, and he, yeah, the ball gets cleared. And this is def- definitely a theme about Shrewsbury, that we get into that really dangerous area quite regularly now. Mm-hmm, yeah. And you know we are getting into attacking in attacking third into good spaces but we're just not using the ball correctly and we're just nope. not creating enough shots and it feels like you know if we start doing that then we could be quite a really dangerous team um, but yeah, I don't know what your thoughts on that. Do you, do you see see what I'm coming? Where yeah, I'm coming well, from on I that? think
1: we've said it before, haven't we, about how you know Ricketts' favoured method is getting it out down the right or the left from the wing backs or even one of the attacking midfielders, looking for that cut back or looking for that straight cross. But you know, when we play against teams that got five at the back, it's the same as when we're playing with five at the back. It's there's another defender in there. It can be easy to just cut that ball out. Um, have we got the players of that skill to just pick the pass to find Cummins? Sometimes I don't think we have. We've got players with different skills. You know, Norburn and and. And Laurent are hard workers, but do they have that real clinical ability to find someone in that moment? Do, do the wingers? Does Love? Does Does Goldborn? Are they really that, that good at crossing? so maybe there's something missing there but really you're right we're getting into dangerous positions and it is causing trouble but I never really feel confident that we're actually going to score in many of these positions because it's been defended quite easily you know more often than not this season but you know it's it's the method that's what we're going to see us do this season if if they do find a little click here or there and maybe a tactical move someone takes five yards off their runs or they fire it in with a bit more pace I don't know what could help but if they can you're right it could be that that's what unlocks the goals.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Mm. Um, and then, um, yeah, then Ivan Tony came into the into the fray. Um, so there's a bit Brilliant. of a clumsy challenge by Ebanks Landon. He did kind of win the ball, but he kind of got the player. Uh, and it was really funny, actually, because the posh players, who are not afraid to talk to the referee, let's put it that way, mm. um, were aghast that he didn't get booked, which I thought was really funny. And then in front of the fourth official, the managers, Ivan Tony clumsily trips... Ebank's Landor. and I don't think he generally meant to do it. I thought he was just being a bit clumsy, Yeah, was. Well, he yeah. gets booked, <laughs> which is just hilarious. Um, cue the booze, cue or the pantomime villain. Um, and the Shrewsbury Town fans love a villain, they absolutely love a villain. Um, it's funny, I was chatting to a Nottingham Forest fan um, a week ago about how we sat, we chanted that Lee Hughes is a murderer for like 20 minutes away, yeah, in I county. Yeah. and Shrewsbury Town fans. So if the referee, but I think even better a player, the Shooter Town fans love a villain, and yeah, we, we it definitely keeps um, the Shooter Town fans noisy when there's someone to focus their attention on.
1: Yeah, and you miss this game, and you're right to pick up on it, because... Tony got the crowd in the game, to be honest with you, his histrionics, is sort of diving around on the floor, that, that whole moment you've just talked about there. Obviously, later on with other different bits and pieces, but there was a moment where our crowd kind of came out of the game a little bit, and it was yeah. only that Tony it started messing around. Yeah he, yeah, yeah, he kind of got our fans back into it. And I, I, I turned around to my mate and said, We needed that. You know, we needed the fans to be getting on the referees back, and, you know, all because of this whole Tony issue. And it, and it did kind of help us a little bit, I think, in terms of getting the players to keep their levels up, you know, it wants support and it kind of keeps the crowd buzzing and the atmosphere was okay then, really, every time Tony got near the ball, which was brilliant. But he's, he's, an, he's an interesting character for us, isn't he? And he is a villain, yeah. you know. His goal-scoring record for us wasn't that bad. You know, if he didn't, no. if it had been any other lone player who'd gone back, um, he would have probably been quite highly regarded. But it was the whole thing about how Hurst said at the end of it, look, he doesn't want to be here, you know, and and, and he sent him back, didn't he, during his early yeah. weeks. And, um, you know, it's his, more his reputation and his attitude that came was across. was the diving, wasn't it? Yeah. And the and that could well.
0: have done better. So, and I think also you saw his ability Amos and yeah and then it was the kind of yeah he wasn't he was not a good um advertisement was he for a lone player that way,
1: but his record against us now is absolutely awful like he's they've hardly won the teams that he's played for playing us he's obviously been sent off once he's had a big impact in this game in terms of obviously what we'll get to later on and it but yeah it's great more more Ivan Tony the better frankly he always seems to do us a favor but yeah honestly I wanted to bring that up really because I say it was all this sort of that got the crowd back in it and kind of kept us going really as I suppose towards half time
0: and talking of things we love, Donald um Donald, Inio, um, oh, yeah. Donald Love, um, runs forward with the ball. He's, his confidence is going through the roof at the moment. It's fantastic real? to see. Yeah, he's, Isn't it just great just to see a player join you and, you know, a bit of, bit of a cloud around him and just see him just flourish and really, uh, really improve. Yeah, he's a really, really good lad and he's doing really, really well. You can see how much he wants to win, which definitely comes across um, in his performances. I- and his passing and his little quick moves and these little, little, um, little crosses and stuff are really, really, really accurate. And he's a really good football player. And here he put a good ball into Cummings, uh, whose shot just hit a central defender. Um, which was unfortunate, and again another one of those chances, which is not quite a you know a good shot on goal, but again a good bit of bit of forward play.
1: It didn't even get counted as a shot on target, that. No, it <laughs> which didn't. is a bit of a shame because it hit the defender. But it probably would have probably would have tested the goalkeeper that. But it was unlucky that. And it was you know the the pressure was building a bit. I mean, we were certainly the ones having maybe more of the clear cut chances. It wasn't a game full of clear cut chances. Of game Ollie uh, in the first half, to be honest with you. No, but it wasn't. When when we did kind of try to get in there, it looked like it was just one pass away or one shot away. But um, it wasn't to be, unfortunately, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, it, it was it wasn't far off though in the end, as we'll get to in a second.
0: Yeah, and it's quite an interesting moment here near the end of the the first half where the central defender um, for Peterborough clipped Edwards with a bit of a loose arm and got booked. Um, I don't know whether we did that because he saw Edwards as a bit of a target or it was an accident, but yeah, it was a bit of an unfortunate moment.
1: He went down and looked a bit injured, but he soon got on with it, Dave. He's yeah. old professional, his knee doesn't go down and look to waste yeah. time. And I think at that point in time, we were kind of pushing for maybe getting that winner, that, that winner, sorry, ended up being the winner, but that first goal, so it was kind of just get on with it. And Yeah, yeah it wasn't too long later, obviously the goal, and the goal was interesting because it was a wally-free kick. Yeah. <laughs> How many times we was. lamented these free kicks? However, it was a wally free kick that Omar Beckles essentially missed a sitter on. I think you know he did the ball... he
0: absolutely missed it? <laughs> it was really, really poor. It he just great. had a bit of a moment and he just kind of—I don't know if he even touched it—but it went the into the post.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Beckles missed the sitter as it was coming through and hits the post. But luckily, uh, the slippery eel uh, E Banks Landell was there to clean up and popped it in the back of the net. And I, and I think you know at that point it felt fair. I personally thought. I think going 1 0 up on the balance of play in the first half felt just about right. And, um, you know, it doesn't really matter who's going to get our goals at the moment. They're so rare that, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a defender or a striker. And um, it was nice of Emax landell to get one on his return to the team as well. So, yeah, certainly well done. And it was met with a real good, hearty cheer um, because of the work that had gone in to get to that point. And it wasn't too long later, obviously, the half time whistle went, Ollie. And, yeah, Townwood sort of rapturously applauded off, really. It was a real cold night, but it was a nice bit of warmth coming from the fans, I thought for a for a hard shift. And as we saw against Sunderland at that point, Ollie, I was thinking we've got something to hold on to here. I'd back our defenders every day of the week. So yeah, smile on my face just as a half time whistle went.
0: Yeah, the first half was really, really good team performance from Shrewsbury. Yep. Um and yeah, it it was and yeah, I I I watched the game back as so I often do. Mm-hmm. And I just thought yeah, I really wanted it was it was the, the words from um, Stuart Dunn where he said, Yeah, he commented on a warm applause and oh, okay. you know, we two fans, Tans do always give our feedback at half time, I think it's fair to say. It's quite a consistent thing that two true Tans fans do. But yeah, claps all around at half time and yeah, I think everyone was pretty chuffed.
1: We were, we were. And and it was and I say it was it was fair. But um, I don't know we'll move on to second half now it wasn't as good a performance in terms of our attacking play I don't think but no. it, it, it definitely showcased how exceptional our backline is in this game Holly, uh, yeah. from man to man and team and, as and, well the whole team yeah that, that's yeah. true actually much like Sunderland and we, we praised Edwards and Norburn and particularly didn't we for their and, and Goldborne for their um, what was the word we used the uh Sense that they played against Sunderland in terms of defending as a team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we give the defenders a lot of credit. But you're right. In this game, again, you've got to give all the midfielders that were dropping back in and picking up good positions a lot of credit as well. Because really, it wasn't back to the wall like Sunderland. Ollie, there was no point at which Peterborough were overwhelming us with defenses. Town were kind of controlling it. You know, dealing with their attacks as they came. But all in all, everybody did their job exceptionally in the defensive. Um, you know, in the defensive positions, and you, you couldn't really complain about any of the defensive moments really. But there was a couple of chances, and obviously the one. The one most controversial moment was old Ivan Tony. I'm going to say it, diving for a penalty. Ollie, I can't think that was ever a penalty. He's so his- so histrionics about it, and I- and you can't see from replay that anyone had hands in his back, can you? No. So it was yeah, I joke. His
0: back- in slow motion, multiple times, and I was looking for where Beckel's arm is. So it was Beckel's left arm. Um, his right arm is clearly down from yep. the videos, and his left arm. So you can't see because the camera is directly kind of Ivan Tony is directly in between Beckel's and the camera. But when when Tony's down, Beckel's arm is completely down. Yeah, didn't um, touch nowhere him. near him. So yeah, f- from from the kind of like you know from his movement of his arms. There's absolutely no way that his arm could get down that quickly because it's literally just the next frame. So for me, it was definitely a dive.
1: 100% a dive and the referee completely bought it, which was totally embarrassing for that referee because you look at his position on the highlights, he's not even far off it. He's looking right at it. I guess his excuse could be, well, he couldn't see whether there was a push in the back or not. But then if that's the case, you shouldn't give it if you can't be sure there's a push in the back. So um, it was hilarious. I don't know if you watched the replay, but it's one really funny thing I picked up on was that uh, when Love goes over to sort of complain about the penalty, you just can see him shout, bollocks at the top of yeah. his voice when the <laughs> was said and
0: that's where yeah it's, that's one of, my mena, one of my many examples of love giving us some feedback it's um, great yeah.
1: oh it's great and Fantastic. it's funny
0: later on in the half um, um, love gets caught and he goes down, and Ivan Tony tries to pick him up, and you can tell he really tries to pick him up, but Love isn't going anywhere.
1: <laughs> no, he it was, it was having none of it. And then I suppose the best thing that happened in the second half, to be honest with you, it was um, as we were trying to see the game out late on. Ollie um, ball comes to Love, and he, he almost stumbles, but before the ball gets to him, he does like a little trick, leaves he the does defender, a quick and turn, bom- yeah, yeah crooked turn, bombs it down the line, and runs with it like right on the line. Really, and still he
0: drags it halfway through the run. The ball goes on the white line, and yeah. he drags his foot over the top of the ball yeah, to keep really it good. in. Like a he's winger, a,
1: he's a good player, and then, he, and then he wins a free kick and, and wastes some time. So, yeah, we, we've talked about love, he was fantastic to be fair. Yeah. But after that penalty, to be honest, and we, we've talked about the penalty, I mean, fair play, it was a terrible penalty, but yeah. Murphy did well. You know, league debut to save it, fantastic, you know, to have been called up on last minute. And essentially, it's a penalty that wins us the game at the end of the day, yeah. so it deserves a lot of credit. Um, did you hear it
0: Murphy post match?
1: I hadn't, no, I didn't. Yeah, catch so it. he
0: said that um, they've been watching and that he knew already that, you know, most of his penalties go to that side. Wow. He said he tried to get gave him eyes that he was going to go the other way, but he didn't have any, you know, he just didn't believe him. And yeah, and that's why I think Madison maybe thought that he was just going to be, yeah, just slot it home and the goalkeeper go the wrong way, but it didn't work.
1: Madison's poor a good player.
0: But he, he got subbed off. Really underwhelming,
1: crap. Ollie. really yeah. underwhelming.
0: But the whole team was underwhelming. Yes. I think it was maybe just, you know, there's not much else to say really. There was that <laughs> shot from Lauren, um, Tony fired what w- over. You could no, tell yeah. he really, really wanted to score. He would have run directly to block 19 if he had scored. Um, and, <laughs> And, yeah, it didn't happen. There's not much else to say. It was a bit uh, of a, a dire second half. Not really that entertaining. Um, but I think it's just worth talking maybe just to about Peterborough. So, overall, I thought they really struggled to create any chances. Really, really poor from them. You know, they changed formation so many times. They basically played, like, two, three, what else is left? Five. Because they kind of had, like, five <laughs> men in attack. A couple of men strung across their fullback and the central midfielder and then two central defenders. They're very, very, very attacking. But... Um as Mark as, as I'll go back to that question I asked you at the start, Mark Elliott was quite damning of them, um, of Peterborough, as if they're almost not trained and they didn't really know each other Like, what's your kind of view on that? Is that, is that I, think, close to mark I, I don't or... know about
1: trained it's too difficult to tell I've only watch them once this season they felt like a bunch of individuals more, more, less than you know they didn't feel like a team felt like Tony was doing his own thing felt like that Moisa was doing his own thing he was underwhelming felt like Madison was doing his own thing it, particularly the attacking players I think the defence I give them a bit of credit they, they seem pretty well drilled um, in terms of their defensive units probably similar to us and one thing I would also say about Peter is they were pretty good chasing back Ollie you know some of the more attacking players in terms of filling in and we did counter-attack on them, so there there was some positives about the way they played. They only lost 1-0. They didn't create many chances, but we didn't create a huge amount either. It was a typical League One game that was close. But yeah, I would say that we felt like a team more, which is a real positive for us as a a team. Um, They definitely felt, particularly in the attacking positions, like a, a bunch of... Individuals, even Boyd, didn't really link up with anyone too much, and I'm surprised because I've seen all of those players have good games and be decent against us. Madison, as I was sort of saying before, then um, scored that amazing goal against us, and Over Henderson from sort of off the off the byline near the halfway line in that first game we lost under Hurst that season, and he ripped us to pieces. But he's nowhere near that. I don't know whether he's just got a bit older and and lost a, a little bit of pace or something, but. Um, yeah I wasn't overly impressed with them but I didn't think they were one of the worst teams we played either Ollie
0: no you can see they've got potential and you know every yes, get, every sure. every every team can have an off day um, and this seemed like one of them for us. but then at the same time got to live a lot of credit to our players so that links nicely onto who do you go for top
1: three I will give my top three in a minute one thing I would say is though that the town fans deserve some credit because they definitely got to Tony during the game and it definitely yeah. put him off his game um, you know I think I said, I said I said a tweet saying town fans are living in Tony's head rent free at the moment and it, and it did feel like that and I just think you know if you can unsettle one player in a game it can make a big difference to the way that the opposition play and so I think there was a definite merit in the town fans sort of helping get get this, get this result really and, and unsettling the, the attacking formation that people were doing so that was good yeah. I think it's a, good,
0: it's a good reminder, actually, because um, there was an uh, there was a comment from um, a member of the written media. So, a professional journalist wrote what can only be described oh, yeah. as a as a, a Twitter hit piece. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a it was just like amateurish. When I first read it, I thought it was just some kind of you know um, obnoxious little kid on Twitter um, making a statement about how dare Shrewsbury fans chant and, and wind up Tony all game. Um, but then I found out it's a professional um, journalist. Yeah, um, writing a piece of Tosh, and it's like, well, if you're a fashion journalist, why don't you do a bit of research or ask, you know, the fellow journalists um, at the game to why, why there's this kind of thing with yeah. Ivan Tony, but also just the way that, yeah, it's just almost a little bit, you know, a little bit like self entitled that Peterborough should have come here and just walked us. So sort of, maybe links a little bit to the self entitlement we had from um, Mr. Non League version of Piers Morgan um, at Talksport, who was him yet. upset. Yeah, what a <laughs> bad
1: he didn't come to the game in the end. What a shame. Old Adrian Durham missed missed the game because we cheated the system. I don't know if he's found out the game against Doncaster scored off yet, but I'm sure he's also equally as de- devastated about that as how much of a bunch of cheats we are. But there we go. If we cheated, fair enough. It worked for us. I don't really give a shit about Peterborough, so fair enough. Um, But yeah, we'll go on to the top three now, Ollie. Um, I, I went for love. Um. It's difficult. I think all three I picked here um, were really good in the game, but we've just talked about him so positively. I, I'm really enjoying watching him play football at the moment. Um, defensively, and he's starting to get his attacking verve a little bit more. Um, but he's just been so consistent this season. I, I don't think anyone's been more consistent. You know, I think that you could say one of the centre backs has had a poorish game at least once, but I, I can't think of a game Love, Love's had bad. Even when he made that horrendous error, I can't remember the game it was where he sort of you know led to a goal. He was good the rest of that game, so you couldn't really say he had a poor game. But yeah, Love, I thought he was really good. Um, and I went Ebanks-Landell really close second absolutely brilliant return to the team solid as a rock um, meshed in with the other centre-backs perfectly and I went for Beckles who's continued his really good form and and was unfortunate Ollie. I don't know if you saw to miss out on um, he actually got nominated for the League One Player of the Month with four other players um, but Henderson from Rochdale won it so just shows he's had an exceptional October
0: yeah he's had a really really good month actually when I saw him in the um be nominated I was like yeah he has actually had a really really solid month definitely yeah. um, really really good no it's a bit unfair because I've, I've put love in virtually every single top three <laughs> the <laughs> last few weeks and I thought he had a really good game but I think, I think we've got to give credit to the defenders uh, yeah, in, definitely. in this game so I went for Ebanks number one because he scored obviously um, Pierre, I thought, had an exceptional game again in the middle, and then went Beckles, uh, and all three of them had a great team. Obviously, ably supported by the rest of the team, but I thought it was just just right to kind of um, highlight how well the defense worked in this game because you know, really, basically, Peterborough had nothing. No. They had one couple had the penalty, um, and then they obviously had a couple a couple of shots from range, but they worked so well that um, basically, yeah, they they marshaled and they were yeah, and it was obviously a Tuesday night game as well, um, so obviously you have to take that into consideration from a fitness point of view. Um, that's actually quite a big positive that we can play a game on a Tuesday night and you know, we've often been lamented how poor fitness-wise we are. We're not talking about that this season.
1: No, and they'd had a hard slog at Wickham in the rain as well. That had been a really tough game for them, I'd imagine, with the conditions and a, and a sort of soggy pitch. It always takes out your legs a little bit more, doesn't it? And you know, you wouldn't have said any of our players really faded um, too much, as, as far as I can remember. Um, but yeah, I, 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 one thing I would note, actually, is that we've we've talked about that game, and we've talked about how good our defence was, but we, c- we could honestly do 20 minutes on how exceptional the three centre-backs and wing-backs were in that game. Because... We've almost come to the point where we're expecting it, Ollie. which is, which is a real interesting point, isn't it? That we, we're expecting our defence to be absolutely bulletproof in most games now. And, you know, sometimes we're now missing to talk about how good they are. But I think that just shows you that the consistency of, of defending now is, is something that we haven't seen for quite a long time, really. So, yeah, you're right to put all three of those in your top three. I think that's completely fair, Ollie.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So going off on a tangent, you know, as you know, I like, quite like watching the NFL. And then there's like a phrase that this guy on BBC called OC does, who's a Super Bowl winner, um, and yeah. does um does the um commentary and sorry does the TV show with Mark Chapman okay. and Jason Bell, and he uses a phrase all the time in NFL that basically defenses win championships. So you know basically saying to to win it to win the Super Bowl you need a really really good defense, and it's almost like um, Sam Rickers has taken that mentality into Shrewsbury. You know you need a really really solid defense to build on, and now mm-hmm. we're working forward. Now, Peter, we've gone the other way. They're focusing on their attack, but yeah, it's really. It sounds very cliche, but if you don't concede, you've got a chance of getting something from the game.
1: Definitely. I I would say that all, you know, if Beckles is under contract for another year, isn't he? I think the other two have got more than that. But really. I wouldn't be surprised if someone starts putting bids in for any of our centre-backs over Christmas because they're, they're worth a fair bit of money to this football club now, including Rashawn as well. You know, If anyone's looking to, to get a couple of good defenders in over the Christmas period in the January transfer window, we're going to definitely probably get bids for them. They've been that good this opening period. Yeah. So, the only challenge will be so that
0: some of the teams might have to question whether they work well as a 2 or as a 3 but that's, yeah. that's another discussion well, there's quite a lot of teams
1: yeah. play 3's at the moment isn't there which yeah, is interesting there is. but there we go I mean I was delighted Sam Ricketts was delighted um, <laughs> that was about yeah. it really
0: he did yeah so he said he was delighted for the for the players he he comments back to the fact of how hard they worked at Wickham yeah. put another performance in you know vast majority of the game he kept them at arm's length a dubious penalty but a good save he thought it was penalty, a bit soft and that was, <laughs> that was before he'd even watched it back so God knows what he thought after he'd watched it back probably used um, many F words <laughs> yeah he said they they changed shape loads of times to try and break us down. It was a testament to our players. that you know that didn't have any impact. And at times they had ten men in our half. Um, so yeah, that's how much. And then you talked about <laughs> Eubanks Landall. saying it's about time he scored. Um, and we need to get we get need to score more offset pieces, which I think is fair comment. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it was really good. And yeah, last week you were saying about mid table, Glenn. Um, and yeah, where are we now?
1: Yeah, we're am placed at eleventh. Um, I was looking at the live league table at the end of the game. I thought we'd stayed twelfth, but actually, yeah, no, we'd gone up to eleventh on twenty four points. And I suppose the most interesting thing about that is, yeah, our eleventh is mid table, but we're how, we're two points off the bloody playoffs. Sorry, yeah. you know, and not only that, we're two points off fourth. I mean, yeah. what, how stupid is this league? Four points off third. So, I said it was
0: a sea of beige, didn't I? Absolutely mental.
1: And Wickham and Peterborough, have just played, obviously, second and third, you know, we're only four points off Peterborough. So, you yeah. know, be- beating them is a big thing for us in terms of league performance. And next few games coming up, we'll discuss at the end of the podcast. But, you know, now the way we're starting to put the defence together and look a little bit more like we might score the odd goal... No reason why we can't push up a little bit in the next few weeks, yeah. for sure. I'm, I'm After that league game, I'm really positive. I mean, the FA Cup game's not as good, but it's a one-off game in it against a team. You know, it was an FA Cup-type style game. But in terms of the league and how it's looking now, if we could just get a few more goals, get our minus goal difference up a little bit as well, because we are the only team in the top 14 with a minus yeah. goal difference. That's going to be where the, the next little kick-on is going to come from, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. And one thing that really pleases me as well is that, you know, the, often the, the media and commentators go on about that the teams that come up are going to do really well. But Lincoln are 17th. Um, yeah, yeah, Okay, they lost their manager and all that, but they've got a very good manager now anyway. And they've got obviously still the same bunch of players. And it just shows, you know, League One is a tough league. Um, and yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting um, season to see who's going to end up in those automatic places because yeah. Portsmouth were miles away now and they're, they're on 21 points now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they win, they carry on winning a few more games. They'll be back in the playoffs. And I think that's also a good example of, you know, having a bit of patience. Um, I, I was chatting to a Warsaw fan um, and I was getting some post on Saturday morning and he's saying all the fans are going crazy. That they should sack their manager. And they've mm, apparently God. got rid of 20, signed 16. And, you know, we all, we're all passionate and everyone wants our team to do better. But, you know, it does take time to build a team.
1: Mm-hmm. MK Don's got rid of their manager this week as well, didn't they? they so did. those are those those ones down the bottom are starting to sort of shed shed their managers. And it's also very difficult with the amount of games people have played to to really figure out what's going on. Like Fleetwood are fifth, but they've got you know two games in hand on Peterborough we're in third. You know down at twelfth, Doncaster have only played fourteen, yet Peterborough played seventeen. So it's a bit of a mess, isn't it? I mean, we're one of the teams that played the most. We played sixteen. Uh, there's only a couple of teams that played seventeen, but there are a few teams who've got even you know two three games in hand on us, which is a bit odd. So. Yeah, it's it's just a mess, isn't it? And isn't going to get sorted until you know four or five weeks from the end of the season, really, in terms of everyone being on almost the same games. But there we go. It's it's the nature of it, and obviously we've got another game called off at Doncaster in a few weeks' time, haven't yeah. we? So that, that I, doesn't I, help. I I know, up, one so.
0: of the things I enjoy about the of supporting a lower league team is that you have. You don't have international weekends off, and we're having them now. So,
1: <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to the Grenada yeah. thing in a bit. But yeah, so that was that game, and uh, yeah, positive in the league. Really, I, I was really chuffed on Tuesday night. I thought it was a complete performance, all in all. Um, you wish you'd get a few more goals, but at the end of the day, when you win one 0 it win one 0 So
0: yeah, an interesting point actually. Something I saw you mention on Twitter at the time is that you, how relaxed you felt about the game was going. On, I did, which I think is testament to how well the team drilled and and the work, the hard work that the team and management staff are putting on the training ground. So far, if we're one 0 up.
1: Twenty thirty minutes to go. I'm pretty confident now that our our, our boys are settled and and de- defensively nosed enough to to hold on to games. And I think that's been proved this enough season enough as well. Yeah, and fit awesome. enough. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, we did let one in in the next game, and we'll move on to that. Ollie, <laughs> yeah cleared, and it's Dunfield. Dunfield What a goal! So yeah, the second game this week, Ollie, was an FA Cup first round game in what can only be described, Ollie, as classic FA Cup first round weather: cold. Wet. Miserable. Um... But there were some positive things in the game, so it wasn't a totally miserable day. But yes, so uh, it was 1-1, Josh Laurent scoring for us on 28, and but they'd already scored just before on 19 minutes. Um, and it was in front of 3,764, which is about 400 fans, Ollie, um, down on where we were last year in terms of the Salford game, which I suppose was a bit more interesting because um, we'd not played Salford before, but um, it's pretty much the same crowd we had against Aldershot in the first round a couple of years back. So it's always way down the first round FA Cup crowds on a, on a league game, which I, always, I still I think we've said this three seasons in a row now. It which I find fabregasting really because it's quite exciting the FA Cup still I think for me as a fan and obviously not everybody feels that way anymore.
0: It was definitely quiet um to the game. It didn't feel like there was many people. Many people are going to the game at all. Uh, it was only a tenner as well, so fair play it's what weird that. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Bradford fans brought a decent number there. How many did they bring?
1: Uh, Four hundred and one, which is all right, I suppose. That's pretty decent. We'd have been. We'd probably took something similar to Bradford, I think, because it wasn't the most attractive tie for either club, was it? To be fair, no. So I, everyone
0: was it was funny because every as soon as i saw it i was like Bleh. you know yeah
1: everyone's like you that. want
0: like yeah you want some kind of fun away trip um away from home um interesting actually i was listening to the totally football show and they've got professional footballers on there um and they were saying the worst thing you can ever have as like a league 1 league 2 player is having a non league team at home because um he was saying that the mentality you know, you're going to your normal ground you've got your normal re- um, regime all your fans expect you to win and the opposition I just want to like kick lumps out of you and are really up for it. And he said, it's better to go away, um, which is interesting because we've lost both at home and away. But I thought it was just an interesting <laughs> insight you know, into... What the players feel going into these kind of games, but obviously we're playing Bradford, which is just yeah. boring because we have played them so many times. Exactly, and it was a basically
1: years. it was basically League One game, wasn't it? You know, they're yeah. they're pretty much top end. And they're a good um, side.
0: They're a good side. They, they were
1: they were better than a couple of League One game but teams yeah. we played this season, so it was a competitive game. That's that's for sure. But um, yeah, we'll just run through the team quickly if you want. Early, I'll, I'll, I'll go through this. Yep. No real changes. Murphy, Ebanks, Pierre, Beckles, Love, Goldborn. The only changes we had so that was the same goalkeeper and defence. The only changes we had was Goss came in for Edwards, who clearly can't play to games in a week at the moment still i should suspect um so he sat deep with norburn and then wally laurent and cummings um in the more attacking positions so um yeah interesting those changes. different
0: role for laurent
1: yes yeah and he did well
0: yeah he did he's really funny actually um at the start of the in the press conference at the end after the game lewis cox almost asked the question of um, sam ricketts to confirm that laurent played in a different position and sam ricketts was really funny he said well done, Coxie. he <laughs> like, yeah. he's patted on the head for noticing he's playing a different well, he's, position. But I think it looked just a little kid polite. to jam Ricketts, yeah. I should expect. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, I thought it was quite funny, insight into their relationship maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. And the other thing about it was it was great to see Giles back on the bench so quickly because yeah. there was initially concerns he was going to be out for quite an extended period of time. Yeah. But what, so he only been out two weeks, hasn't he? And obviously he came on late on, which was great. So fantastic to have him back straight away.
0: Yeah, no, 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 really, really good. Um, And actually just a notable exception because Goldborn doesn't come up in our top three, but I was chatting to one of the blokes um, at the game who sits next to um, six, six, got one, two seats on from me. Um, and he was, we were both commenting on how good Goldborne is.
1: Yeah, I agree you know, with he, that.
0: His, his runs are really timely. You can put a good ball in. His controls really good. And I think, you know, we've got a lot of inex, inexperienced players. I think having him in, and I think he's done exceptional from a fitness point of view and from a performance point of view. He hasn't quite got into our top three. So I think he might have gone to no. the first one for me. Yeah. Um, but he's been exceptional and fair play to him
1: it, it's harsh he hasn't got into a bit more of our top threes one thing I would say is it does prove what we suspected when he came in at January last year didn't he I think and he, he and there was all these things about oh, old mates thing oh he doesn't look fit he doesn't look fit compared to how he's playing now he clearly wasn't 100% fit and, and had been missing football you know a pre-season behind him and then having missed the early period of the season he, he's he been really really good I, I have to say and I think he continued that form against Bradford and he's unlucky to miss out on the top three again um, but yeah I think you know it's, it's a fair observation that we're not weakened by playing Goldborne anymore, which is again something we might have might have expected, but certainly not. No, he's been good.
0: Yeah. Cool. And actually, while we're talking about um because we're not going to do set news this week, also um, no, and Barney <laughs> went on loan to Telford, which which and obviously Sears is back um in kind of full running training, which is which is, for me I make an assumption that Sears is on his road back to the first team, so obviously we're comfortable enough for him to go out on loan. So that's an interesting development from a wing back point of view. We also said that was a bit of a weakness, and love us played yeah. every single minute. Um, I think he's played every single minute of the cups, the main cups, the real cups, the League Cup and the FA Cup and the league.
1: I'm not sure. I think we. I think he may have missed one, and Barney played uh, right back in one of those chequered Yeah, no, I yeah, yeah. Not don't yeah. count the Czech. Oh, trackers. in the it's main real, cups, yeah, yeah you're
0: right. Yeah, the, the League Cup, FA Cup, and League, he's played every minute. Um, so obviously C is coming back, and that's a positive.
1: It is, and the other actually, we were talking about this because we've not got no sap news, but and um, we did recall Cam Gregory from his loan on commitments yep. where he had been playing regularly, um, which makes me think that Max might be out for a few weeks yet. But um, yeah, sensible move just to to have a bit of cover there, isn't it? Rather yeah. than putting Aegis on the bench, who's basically sixteen year old kid. Um, so a sensible move, really. We could do without Murphy getting injured for sure, but yeah. <laughs> that but would be a bit I'm of trouble. Really,
0: I like I like Murphy. Uh, you know, it's quite interesting to how much he talks um you know O'Leary's is, is a bit quieter but obviously Murphy yep. having a lot of experience behind him he um, looks he's older than he's old he's older than Euglen he that that's yeah, shocking He's older than the manager, isn't he?
1: He looks old sometimes, (laughs) but especially when he's trying to claim things in the air, which during this game, he did make a couple of errors, didn't he, with the aerial ball, but fair play. I couldn't jump that either at my age. But going
0: into the game then, he he was called into action very, very quickly.
1: Straight away. Yeah, just made a save, didn't he, within like, what was it, a minute? Less than than a minute. It was was 50 seconds. Wow, fair play yeah did well made, made made a good early start didn't he and um, it kind of showed um bradford's attacking intent i thought that early exchange Ollie, and um they weren't afraid to have a go at us across the first half were they that's for sure
0: no they weren't and they started really well i'd yeah, say they did. you know they're definitely a team with a lot of confidence uh, and some good players they play an interest they play an interesting say quite a, a classic formation modern formation a, a 4231 and I thought their number ten is quite nippy, playing in the number ten role behind their behind striker Vaughan, and was seen quite good. And yeah, they were they were quite they were very very you know as you would expect from a team that is you know doing really well. Um, yeah, they were um, they were effective going forward, and they weren't shy to try and get forward either.
1: No, they looked like they were used to winning, Ollie, that's what yeah, I would say. Exactly, and, um, yeah, exactly, yeah. a bit different to some of the more scrappy League One games we get. But, yeah, it was open-ish in that opening period, as much as as, as they... I, I think they maybe shaded the first 30 minutes, but it was very close, you know. Um, but Laurent actually played a really good ball at one point, um, through the Bradford Lions and found Cummins, who, who had a shot but uh, wasn't having it. And... Um, it probably showed what we think about Laurent, really. He almost had his shackles that he's sort of been forced to play with the last few weeks in terms of sitting a bit deeper, didn't he? Um, in terms of, of being the more attacking player, he really did show some of the best parts of his game running with the ball, being a bit direct. I would have liked to have seen him make a bit more clinical passes, but. All in. I thought he was really solid in in the opening game and across the whole game. Really, yeah. No, definitely agree with that. And he was involved in another nice little bit of move where he we played a nice little flick, which uh, played in Goldborn, but his cross was defended away. So yeah, he, he was really positive in that opening period. But it wasn't long before the first goal, was it, Ollie? Um, and yeah. <laughs> Not ideal for the no. man that hasn't really made any mistakes this season.
0: Two men that haven't made it. Obviously, Murphy hasn't played well, a lot true, of games. Yeah. And he's obviously really good against Peter. But, but yeah, basically, Pierre tries to do a, a header back to Murphy, oh, but man. he doesn't get anything on it. So then the number 10 that we mentioned nips in, kind of kick flicks it up over um, past the players and then kicks <laughs> it finish. basically into an empty net. Yeah, really nice bit of play for the lad. Mm, um, clever. But yeah, it was cold. Um, and, yeah, that didn't really help with anyone's uh, mood that we gave away such a sloppy goal, which is which is very unlike us this season, um, to give away such a sloppy goal. Uh, maybe a bit of a nice yeah. reminder, maybe, um, that, you know, we you've got to keep concentrating all the time. But, um, yeah, it was frustrating. Murphy was going ballistic at Pierre, who just kind of, he knew, he just kind of trudged back to the for the game to be restarted.
1: I think, I think the worst thing about this goal was how much it affected Pierre for the rest of the game, because he definitely had his worst game for us. He was really shaky at times. His passing, particularly um, after he would conceded that goal, was, was really off. He, he did give the ball away quite a few times. And then he also started you know charging forward a couple of times, trying to make up for the mistake. And there was at least once I remember thinking, oh, we, we got caught then and they attacked us really quickly and almost scored when he was caught um, up the pitch in the second half. And, you know, he was generally solid going for the rest of the game. But there was definitely moments where you could think, it was in his head, that mistake, because he's probably so unused to making them that it rattled him a little bit. But, um, you know, again, it, unlike when we were talking about, you know, early on in Askey's period where we were giving gifts of goals away week in, week out, constantly, weren't we? There's such a rarity with this team. I'm, I'm all right to just let this one go, Oli. Yeah, it's
0: just a one-off. It's not a consistent thing with this team. No, exactly. So, no. Um, and then we started to come into the game. So, um, so Lauren had a turn and strike that went out for a corner. Um, yep. About thirty minutes in, and then we get to the goal, Glenn. And what a goal it was! One of the best bit of attacking plays we've had all season. Um, yeah. So yeah, for those who weren't there, what happened? <laughs>
1: uh, it was really good, actually. We sort of came down the pitch with you know nice passing, got it down out to the right. The only bit of this I'm not sure about, and I want to watch it back on replay, is I think that it was a cross from the right wing, which I think was from Love or Wally. I'm not too sure. um But someone knocked it across the back post, and then goldborn headed it back into the box. I think it was a Wally and- cross. Yeah, and then Laurent uh, obviously was was on hand to sort of pop it home, really. But I, I'm not sure. I want to see it back because on the day I thought, oh man, he's way overhit that cross. It looked like he was crossing it into the box for one of the more central <laughs> players. Saying. Didn't matter though because if he did catch it wrong, he caught it perfectly for an unmarked Goldborn at the back post, who did really well to just steer his header across. And obviously he gets an assist for the goal, which is great. And um, yeah, Laurent was was well deserving of the goal because he probably was the most it, it, sort of effective of the sort of attacking players in that opening period. So it's good for him to get a goal. He's obviously got a, a cracking record of scoring in the FA Cup now hasn't he after last season so yeah a really nice bit of play a really you know nicely built goal if he meant that cross <laughs> I think he did I think he meant it and it was a really, really nice bit of play
0: and then for yeah. the rest of the half we played starting to play some really nice football like generally I felt like I actually was enjoying the game there was some really nice football so Lauren had a turn and strike and that went out for a corner yes and yeah. we're playing some really really nice football there was um, another opportunity where the corner comes out to Goss as a good shot, but the keeper then fumbles it and Cummings just can't quite get to it. But then just before half, Murphy fumbled across and Town an escape. Yeah. But the, the ball yeah. was behind Murphy. Um and that was a little bit of a scare moment. So yeah a I of scare can't believe moments. they didn't score that. They yeah. they really
1: were really close to tapping in and it looked like the guy stumbled just before he was going to hit it and it gave might, it might have been Beckles. It gave Beckles just enough time to come across and clear it but it was Beckles if I remember right. Yeah we rode our luck on that one definitely.
0: And and then we got to half time one all.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. After the first goal, I was thinking in the opposite in the opposite way that we were really confident of con- if we can get a goal and go ahead I'm really confident we're holding on to it I'm almost the opposite when we go one nil down I'm almost like have we got two goals in us to win this game now because uh, it doesn't it's been a long time since we've scored more than one goal in a game hasn't it Ollie and um that was my fear when we went nil 1 nil down so getting that that goal back pretty quickly was vital I thought in the game and it it did give us a platform to try and get the second obviously we didn't but I think going into half time at 1-1 was a bit more of a-, a relief really than anything after having fallen behind
0: yeah, I went at half-time quite pleased with what I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and yeah, it was it was a, it was a nice bit of play, and yeah, it was nice to nice to see Shrewsbury Town playing some good football. Um, second half, unfortunately, I think was a little bit of a, a bit of a cup tie, um, and yeah, it wasn't the best get best second half. We won't spend too much time on the second half. Um, but to say that yeah it wasn't the best was it?
1: No, it wasn't. The first half was an exciting game to watch. It was you know we couldn't complain about Shubertown being dull in the first half, but yeah the second half was pretty dull to watch. To be honest with you, and um, interestingly Brian did an interview on the radio afterwards where he brought up the uh, I think someone asked him about Shubertown having the boring, dull tag, and it, it seemed like it annoyed him, which is probably fair enough as a CEO because you built a team and he talked about how defensively solid we are. But you know this second half didn't dispel this myth of boring games at the Meadow this season, did it?
0: I think it's I think it's fair to say Shrewsbury Town are a bit boring um, <laughs> um, overall. Uh, we haven't scored many goals. Exactly. Um, we and again it's just it's just funny, isn't it? We keep talking about all these chances. We keep t- turning these chances. And again, this second half was another classic second half for Shrews. You really maybe a summary of the whole season that you know there was numerous times like so. Ebanks, landall charging forward, putting crosses in, and Wally mm. putting a cross in, not finding anyone. Love put another cross in, but couldn't find a man. Um, You know, we're really, really good at kind of getting the player on the ball in that little space between the fullback and the central defender and getting to really, really nice spaces. But we just don't, we just don't take those chances, which is really frustrating.
1: Well, it's because we've only got one striker, isn't it? And you've just got it fundamentally less to aim for in the box 90% of the time, especially when we, at the start of the season, weren't having the midfielders get up there. You know, teams are happy to let us have the space to cross because there's nothing to aim at, and they think they can easily defend it. And, yeah, that's the that's the ongoing problem we have to solve, isn't it, really? But um, there was lots of good crosses into the box. Just, you know, good crosses are only going to be good if there's more than one or two targets to hit, really. And um, otherwise, they've got to be absolutely perfect, haven't they? They've got to find the man completely. And, um, or oh, we get lucky and there's a, there's a spill in it and it and ends up to one of our players, but it didn't quite happen, did it? One of the things I did find hilarious in the second half, volley was one of their men went to break. I think his name was Connolly, number nineteen. who was a bit seen a bit chirpy, and he went bombing down right in front of the West Stand. And Ebanks Landau came over, and I've never seen someone just clear someone out with such <laughs> aggression, and not he didn't. I don't think he got booked. Was that? I wouldn't say we oh, did get. Oh, we did get booked. Yes, yeah, he did, it wasn't did I necessarily. I wouldn't him. say
0: it was aggression, but power, and <laughs> yeah, energy, like, and the guy went flying as if like he'd been hit by a steam train. <laughs>
1: But then it was brilliant because the guy that got injured got in one on one, didn't he? About yeah. three or four minutes later. And um, he had all the time in the world, really, to put Bradford ahead. But I think he might have still had a dead leg, Ollie, because he, he went to hit it so slowly that it gave Beckles time to come across yeah. and force him to put it wide. But I thought, you know, I honestly thought at the time that he missed that because of that tackle that Ebanks Landell put on in it. It was yeah. brilliant because he did it and it was like, there's no apology. He just did it and he walked off. He was like, <laughs> I'm not going to help him up. I'm not going to say sorry. He just walked off. Like, I like that. It's good to see. Yeah.
0: No, that was a funny moment. It was right in front of us as well, wasn't it?
1: It was. It was um,
0: great. And then yeah, Bradford fans were screaming Blue Murder that um something had, had happened in that incident. But I thought Beckles just put a little bit of by being there just put him off. Um and yeah, he didn't he didn't score. And then then, then we get to 57 minutes, Faye came on. Um, and then Ebanks landall you know, and Beckle um Beckle, sorry, um the manager talked about you know overlapping um central defenders, and we did see um not necessarily overlapping ones, but um central defenders getting forward. And um, Ebanks Landor put some beautiful balls into the box. He's put a couple of really amazing crosses in, but unfortunately, yep. um, you know, we didn't get anything on the end of them. But um, we definitely were pushing men forward, and we were definitely trying to get the win. Whether the accuracy and the kind of the quality was there to get it, clearly it wasn't because we didn't score again. But I think I don't think it was one for lack of effort or um, lack of tactics. I think we really did try to get that win.
1: It was a cup. It was a cup tie. It was a bit more open than some of the games we've seen. In terms of, yeah, there were a couple of chances for other teams. I, 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 again, that's probably overselling the game. It was boring second half, but it was it was a bit more open than some of the games we've seen this season where we were barely attacked at all. Um, but Ebanks Landel, it's probably worth just this question for you, really, because he definitely offers us something the other three centre backs don't. He is a bit more cultured on the ball. He can he can pit a nice long raking pass. He can he can do that a bit more than any of those. I think they're they're. They've all got different abilities. We talked about this other week, but who would you pick as your three on a week in, week out basis? Now, Ollie.
0: Oh, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. Mm, I'd tough maybe thing. even, after obviously got this this game in my mind, I'd maybe go for um, E in the middle with um, with Williams and Beckles. But then also, I really like uh, E Banks going forward from that right side. And it's really funny because they've all kind of been. Um, all Been kind of mixed up, they've all played in kind of different positions in that back three. Now, yeah, yeah the only yeah, yeah. person that probably hasn't played the right side is Pierre, and Williams hasn't played central, but Beckles has played central, and Beckles has played in all three roles, which I think is testament to how well coached they are and how well they're performing. That they can play, you know, in all in different uh, positions in the back three. What would you, so go you for
1: You didn't answer the question I mean, with a gun against your head. What would you free? I did, I did, I did. Oh, I, did you? Okay. Yeah, you I did.
0: I dropped Pierre at the moment just because that mistake. That's, Interesting. that's how point
1: it is I'm the, op- not the opposite sorry I can't really be the opposite in this situation I would play what we played on Saturday I'd play those three and Roe wouldn't make my team which is incredibly harsh and unbelievable to say but I like the physicality of those three and I don't think you lose anything with Ebanks Landell and his ability on the ball um, in terms of taking Roe out the team I know it's so harsh but I, I honestly think that's what I would do at the moment I like the the nature of how strong they've looked um so it is interesting, isn't it? Because now they're all fit again. You know, who misses out week in, week out? It's a hard choice for, for Ricketts to make. And I suspect what he does is he rotates the centre backs, um, much like he rotated the, the central midfielders last season, to everybody's annoyance. But um, I, I can't see him picking the same team every week because it just seems unfair on one of them.
0: Yeah, I think it would be really. it just yeah, puts the pressure on the players not to make any mistakes so be interesting to see if Pierre starts in the next game, yeah, God knows yeah. whatever that is
1: <laughs> We'll see, we'll see but you know, as I say there were a few chances we went forward, there was yeah. a there was a Beckles um, blocked a, a really good corner that they had which yeah. was I think that was probably heading in, um, then we had a nice tack down the right where uh, again Ebanks-Landell was involved, um, played it to Laurent and then he was on to Love and, and Faye had his probably only shot I can remember during the second half which just went wide probably snatched it a little bit um Eibank Sandel was involved again when he found love in space. Uh, this was a poor the box. shot, <laughs> yeah, but it was a really poor shot, wasn't it? And he love fired went it. for a throw, in. <laughs> Fied out for a throw, yeah. Um, and then the best chance I think of the rest of that second half was the was the Bradford one where um, the, the number five headed onto the post from a corner and really should have scored. And and there was no way that Murphy was getting to that on the replay. He was he was stranded. If it had been going in the side of the net, it was two one Bradford. Yeah,
0: second best chance I think maybe. Because mm. there was one more left to come from Shrewsbury.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I sorry. For best chance up to that point, you're probably right. Um, Yeah, the the one that we just talked about at the start in the in the previous game, which was where Dave Edwards missed. And it was across, wasn't it? Right across the box. And it just looked like all he needed to do is stretch and get a foot on it and put it home. And um, yeah, left sprawling on the turf, really, and didn't connect with it, did he?
0: He didn't, bless him. <laughs> uh, and it would have been a really nice God. moment for him to score and get the winner in the FA Cup at home. Yeah, um, and it just wasn't to be. <laughs> really unfortunate and interesting. Of uh, Dave, obviously, Dave came on and Wally went up front. Then and he played the number ten role. And yeah. I'd like to see Dave play there a few more times because I feel like I feel like he needs to play with these players a few more times because sometimes I feel that he's playing at different level to the players. He makes runs. You know, you know, he gets the ball in central areas. He makes a run into the box, and I don't know whether it's just because our players are just not quite at his level, and he's in the box and then they, they don't cross it, and he's still in the box, and they don't cross it, and then they do cross it, and he's marked by two men and a six-foot-four central defender. Yeah, um, he's spending a lot of energy, isn't he? Yeah, I, I do feel of it. I think it's something that we need to work on, and obviously, our attacking play is, is progressing. Um, but I think it'd be interesting to see a Dave play in that number 10 role for a few game, league games in a row. would be interesting to see what the results could be.
1: Last season, you know, we all wanted him back. And then he came back and you were left at the end of the season feeling like, what what was the point of this? What's he actually brought us? You know, because of the injuries and then the red card and the suspension. And it was left a little bit like, is this really going to work out? I have to say, you know, in this recent six week period where he's come, come back in the team, he definitely offers the team something he has merit to be a Shusby Town player now he is offering us stuff he's involved he's you know almost taking chances and I'm glad to see it happening it's happening for him again at Shusby Town now do you not think
0: yeah it is it's it's happening, but obviously you know it's it's funny isn't it like going back to your comments about what Brian Caldwell said you know if we just put away some of these chances then you then people will start saying we're a little bit more um, attacking and it all comes down to scoring goals the enjoyment of a goal is really obviously paramount for you know your enjoyment of a going to a game, winning and, and scoring goals and having that celebration. If Dave just needs to score a couple of goals and then yeah, we we're talking about a different context. But it's obviously, you know he's, he's judged on his assists and goals. And while he's playing really well, you know I have a rating you'd you know, you'd say he's always you know a, a seven or something like that. Um, he's just not getting that that goal to make him an eight or a nine performance.
1: No, but he's, he's putting solid performances in. Oh, and, and, yeah, definitely. And,
0: and, you know, against Sunderland, he's fantastic. His work rate, his organisation and putting the shift in. And I'm sure he's a, a very positive presence in the dressing room as well.
1: Yeah, he's, but he's proved the, the transfer is what I was Oh, saying, yeah, yeah. No, t- so, I agree with yeah, that. No, I agree. I think yeah. most people would now. And um, that's fine. But what did you make of Bradford in general before we move on to the top three? I Ollie? thought they
0: were a really, really good side. Um, no, no surprise that they're doing really well. Obviously, got a really good manager in Boya. Um, I think they're a really, really good side. There, you know, they they could come up with. I India mean, yeah, they not I think they don't think they'd get relegated with this team in in League One. Certainly not. No. They seem really well organised, and obviously got a good striker at front. I tell you, the one player who did catch my eye was Connor Wood, who came off the bench, who they signed from Leicester. is is supposed to be a fullback, but my okay. God, his crossing was immense. He put two or three absolutely amazing balls into the box with his left foot. So yeah, I thought that he was quite interesting. I thought he, did you? I don't know if you if you noticed him, but I thought he was a really good player, someone to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, he definitely improved them when he came on, didn't he? Um, yeah, and 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 definitely seemed like a, a useful player to have. So um, yeah, I thought it was fair. Um, a good good spot, really. Yeah, they, i say I think they they look like they should definitely be someone that's challenging to come up to League One next season, and um, probably League One's League Two's a little bit. Too low down in the pecking order for them. Really, it's surprising to see them down there. I know they've been down there a few times, but they'll strike me as a, one of the more traditional League One. Teams yeah, I wouldn't already. be
0: surprised if they pushed on to to maybe even win the league. You know, maybe sign a player yeah. in January. And obviously, they've got a lot of fans, and uh, you know, they've got you'd imagine mm. You'd hope that they're well run and they've got some money in the bank. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. So yeah, if you, someone wants to make a, a January bet, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if um, if they were one of the players that mm. one of the teams, sorry, that um, pushed on.
1: Talking of Money in the Bank, Ollie. You normally do podcast recommendations, but I was going to do one actually. The last few weeks, I've been catching up. My well, last few days, I've been catching up on the Price of Football podcast yep. that Kevin Maguire does with I think it's the other guy's called Kevin Days, like a comedian. Um, yeah, fantastic. Listen to anyone that wants to know a bit more about football finance. Obviously, you've covered it with Ant and your stuff with Brian as well. But you know, having an insight into the wider football thing. You know, they talk about these the stadiums being sold by the Championship clubs to cover their debts and the Barry situation and FFP, what it actually means. They talked about the, the the, the UA for Super um UEFA Champions League changes that are coming up and how that might affect lower football. And what they do really well, I think, was particularly that like Kevin Maguire, is he he's really good at being able to extrapolate things happening at the top of the game and how they might have a trickle down effect to teams like Shrewsbury Town, which is really interesting. To listen. So yeah, I'm sure that most town most town fans who listen to podcasts are probably aware of it. But yeah, I've, I've just got to but say we'll, I'm we'll, really enjoying it.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll share that one out. I've only listened to yeah. the I think the first couple, um the Barry one, I listened to one about Man United um but yeah it's it's definitely a good podcast, and he's always he's a good one to follow as well, so we will share that out um in the week as well,
1: yeah, give me a listen we'll move back to this game and, and just finish it off now top three, Um, I, I've, I've talked about how much I enjoyed L- Landell's work in this game um, uh, how, hard, how hard he was and unforgiving and so yeah, I went for him for my man of the match, I thought he was exceptional in defence um, and, and just really, really good presence um, in terms of going forward as well, like you talked about, he was involved in some of the more attacking play we had as well, so yeah really complete performance by him, um, I went for Love second and Laurent third, again I could have thrown a blanket over these two, I thought Love was really good again and Laurent probably had one of the better games I've seen him have since he joined this Football club. um He really seems to enjoy the FA Cup, doesn't he? I think he, he really enjoys that that cup tie nature of a game and really gets stuck into those games. So, yeah, I could have said second for Laurent. Really, it was nothing to choose between those two. But there you go. It's my top three.
0: Cool. So, yeah, I went for Laurent number one. He just okay. needs to start scoring a few more goals in the league, doesn't he? A few more assists in sure. the leagues. And if he did, if he added that to his game, he has the phys- physical attributes to play at a high level. Definitely could play at a high level in terms of yeah. his physique. Um, he just needs to just yeah he just improve his quality a little bit more but i thought mm-hmm. he put a really good shift in and he played really really well again like you I went for e banks um i got second and then i went for love third cuz i thought he was, had another fantastic game um so yeah. yeah uh he doesn't it wasn't quite to be in this game unfortunately no. um we got a replay which i don't think i'll be going to unless i have a um yeah <laughs> some kind of inspiration from somewhere <laughs> and to go to St. Bradford again but um yeah but- I
1: don't think you'll be yeah. going where you're going. <laughs> I've been to so many of the FA Cup replays in the last few years. I went, I went to Fleetwood, I went to Salford, I went obviously to, to Wickham, and, to Wickham to Wolves and, and Stoke as well for those replays. I don't, I'm not feeling Bradford away in a replay. Particularly as, we should just bring this up here, particularly as, we now have three call-ups to the Grenade and National Team. So, obviously, back was Pierre and now Ollie Norburn, um, which I think we pre- previously discussed on the podcast because I'd had a steer from that last supporters' parliament meeting that he was one of the ones that was being considered, which has surprised a lot of people because, um, you know, I d- who would have thought Oli Norburn had any Grenade and really, I suppose. But... Um, They've got a game the day before this replay, if it's played on the date that the FA mandates it. So they'll be playing in wherever it is, Saint Kitts and Nevis or some Caribbean island. So we're going to potentially be missing two of the centre backs and Ollie Norburn for this replay, which makes it incredibly difficult.
0: It is a challenge to mm. to, have to have so many players out, and obviously Rochon Williams actually technically can classify as well. Yeah, um, so we could have four players on the plane to a Grenada um, but
1: that's normally fine when games are getting called off
0: but with yeah, the but FA Cup replay
1: not... coming in this difficult phase
0: I guess we just can't really ask it to be moved can I we I don't know It can be a challenge if not we'll have to play um, maybe a different defence <laughs> that's for sure mm, maybe even a different tactic completely. yeah maybe yeah. play four at the back and just play maybe um, play E-Banks and Goldborn or Love yeah. or yeah. Walker maybe or something like that um, oh God. <laughs> but I wouldn't want, I'd be disappointed if we fell out the FA Cup. So I'd be. I don't want to. You know, I, no. I love an FA Cup when everyone does, especially if you get a, you know a nice glamour tyre or a fun away trip. You know, well, we've had some good ones over the years.
1: The money's massive, but to me, I'd, I'd make them favourites for the replay. Unfortunately, um, due to the record we have at Valley Parade as well, which is pretty dire. So, um. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be tricky that one. So I don't know. I, I, my judgment is whether I'll go there or not. It depends on the next few weeks, I think, and uh, how cold it's looking. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there we go. We'll finish this bo- podcast off. Oh, there was one thing, thing before we get to Sam Ricker's comments. And obviously, I said Brian did an interview on the radio um, straight away after the game as well, and said a lot of really interesting things. Was really praising the defence and sort of, lots of things we say well, I'll, to be honest with you, and um, and that was great and everything. Um, but one of the things he did say that did make me laugh was he was all our midfielders are goal scorers. I was like, none of our players are goal scorers at the moment. <laughs> Who don't score enough to describe anyone as a goal scorer but and, then, and it brings back to that comment you just made about Laurent he really needs to start scoring in the league and so does so does Norburn so does Goss so does you know some of the other central midfielders we've got you know because hardly anyone scored any goals in the last sort of six to ten I know months. when so, you
0: compare our sc- goals to Peterborough it's really embarrassing.
1: Exactly. So describing them as goal scorers is, is is not entirely accurate to me, Brian. But I'll let you off because everything else you said was was really interesting. And one of the things I was going to bring up as well is one of the last things I keep thinking people were saying is about, you know, oh well, it was like this under this sort of you know nicking games one nil, and that was fine. Everyone was okay. But deep down, when you boil it down to goals, under, under um, Ricketts this season in the league, um, you know, as much as we're doing well, we've scored uh, 13 league goals, but up to the same point after 16 games under Hurst, we'd scored 24. And I think that just is, that's the only reason that this team's getting pegged as dull um, compared to, say, you know, a, a similar tactic yeah. under Hurst. It was Because Hurst did score, play counter-attacking
0: football, you know, yep, again, know me, I like my Premier League comparisons, a bit like Leicester when they won the league, you know, we were playing counter-attacking football, but we were scoring goals and, and it's it's that emotion of scoring a goal and winning exactly. the game means that we you can kind of forget and forgive. A Bit like Wickham fans, you know, there all the all the abuse that I got for can their style. <laughs> when you're winning games, scoring goals, you don't care. But when you're when you're not winning games and you're drawing and you're not scoring, then you do care. It's yeah, it's the emotion I think that is what. And the, the, as you've said, the stat that you got there is brilliant, Glenn. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're not scoring as many goals as that team was at this yeah, point, exactly. and we weren't probably even. I guess by this point of the season, we we're you know full full um, you no know, we we're scoring loads of goals and we were a very effective team. But yeah, good good analysis there, Brian.
1: Yeah, I mean just to give you a comparison, actually, in terms of conceding goals to that her season, we're we're the only the her season is better of better, better better than only the her season is better than us this season when you compare it to all the league one seasons we've had. So so far we've conceded what uh, fifteen goals in the league, um, and in the her season we had only conceded. Ten. So there's only a five-goal difference there. So it's not a huge amount, really. So, you know, defensively, we're not far off. And, and we've had some mad games we were... as well, which we
0: never had in yeah. the Hurst period.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You know, you know, if you took the goals away from South End who barely have scored a goal against anyone else, it'd be a, a gap or two. So it certainly shows that, you know, defensively, we're on the same path as the Hurst season, just we haven't quite un- unlocked with the goals. But I thought it was worth bringing up, because mm-hmm. I'd had that stat in hand the last few weeks, and I was waiting to get to sort of 15, 16 games, because I felt like that was a fair comparison. But... um there we go. Uh, we've wumbled on. We were just going to finish off with Ricketts' comments, weren't we? Yeah,
0: so yeah. So, you know, he's mentioned today that we just couldn't get the winning goal. I mean, you know, we gave them a goal it was a bit of a gift. gift. Um, both sides wanted to win the game. You know, we had the better yeah, chances. And he meant, mentions the, the Edwards one that missed on the goal line. it did probably a fair Ugh. result, but we, we had lots of half chances, which again, you know, we've we talk we've we used to criticize like Mickey Mellon, and we talk about different managers. Sam Ricketts, in the main, is pretty fair and pretty accurate in his, his post match, which I think is most mentioning time, yeah. yeah. Um, I, didn't,
1: I didn't agree with him the other week after the Wickham game. No, we'll, we'll, we'll let that slide. Yeah.
0: Um, so Lauren was excellent, and then he mentioned obviously was only already mentioned about um, about Norburn being called up. So yeah, obviously another replay. Um, but obviously we haven't got. He didn't moan about the replay because obviously we're having games cancelled as well for international breaks. Um, exactly. So yeah, so that's where we are. Um, and yeah, you're quite chuffed with yourself, Glenn. So in terms of predictions,
1: yeah, I got I went for one one deny on the podcast last week, and yeah, got another result. So this season so far, approaching Christmas time now, I'm nine four up, but uh, that's not an unassailable lead, Ollie. But yeah, you could do with getting you could do <laughs> with getting one right at some point. Um, but yeah, interesting. It's just worth well, as we wrap up this podcast really the next few games, um, because it's a bit of a mess, isn't it? So it would have been Doncaster next weekend. That's now been cancelled because of international call ups. Um, however, before that, we have got MacTown Town, um, in the Czech Trade Trophy, which I think could on be Tuesday, called off
0: maybe because which, of their players on strike. <laughs>
1: Well, their players are on strike, but they are playing a game right now. We're recording Sunday oh, afternoon, yeah. aren't we? But and the youth their youth team their yeah. youth team, is playing, so maybe they'll send the youth team to us for that. So it might be played, but you suspect town will probably roll them over. Um, so they've got that on Tuesday night. And then the next league game um, is Bristol Rovers, which is the Tuesday after. Um, so that's uh, going to be an interesting one at home, and a, and a chance to push on towards the playoffs. But the next Saturday game, which we'll do a prediction for, which is the one we'll be re- recording a podcast about when we come back, Ollie, um, is Oxford versus Shrewsbury in two weeks. So yeah, Bristol Rovers. It'd be nice to get a result there because Oxford are in some scintillating form.
0: Yeah, they are. Oxford having a good season, and Bristol Rovers are doing alright as well. You know, they're not in a relegation fight.
1: They are, but yeah, but, but Oxford have got a, a bit of a track record of scoring a lot of goals, haven't they, this season? Um, so they're Pereira. Yeah, well, that's true. That is true. Um, okay, in that case, Mister Positive, what are you going to go for your prediction for for this one away at Oxford? Tool. Ooh, goals! I can't. I can't see a score. Oh, actually, two goals
0: Yeah, hardly. I can't <laughs> see a one all. <laughs> Thanks for that.
1: Okay. There you go. That's fine. Um, I think I'm, I think this next, next few weeks we'll beat Mac. We'll beat bristol rovers at home um possibly by a close goal scoring margin but i I think oxford's a tricky one and and similar to wickham i could see us losing it one nil so i'll go for us to lose one nil but uh, you know it it might continue the pattern of us um in the league having binary scores we either win one nil lose one nil or draw one one we just haven't had any games for ages where someone scored two goals have we um back until what was it fleetwood when they scored three so we are binary town at the moment so we'll probably continue that pattern for some time yet um would be nice to see you score a load of goals, but I'm not sure Oxford's the place we're going to be doing it. But uh I'll, I'll be there, Ollie. I, I, should, I think over the next few weeks I'm going to. I'm not going to go to Mac Town, obviously, because it's the stupid pre check trade and tournament. But um, I'll be going to Bristol Rovers at home, and I'll be going to Oxford away. So um, yeah, it should be a good few weeks in terms of the games.
0: Yep, my, I haven't. I haven't. My life. I am thought further away. <laughs> I'm going away again to Europe next week, again, and the week after, and the week after that so I need to try oh, man. and sort myself out and figure out what I'm doing. Um,
1: How many biscuit factories are there in Europe, Ollie? You must have been to all of them,
0: by you know. uh, Yeah, I've been to quite a few. There's going to one in Spain <laughs> next week, so that should be... I've got to drive oh, from Bilbao, landing flight to Bilbao and drive two hours to a factory in the middle of nowhere. Um, have have, yeah. have some dinner and then go around a biscuit factory oh
1: well i have some advice because I'm going to Bilbao next year aren't I for the European Championships oh, okay. going, to watch, going to watch Spain versus someone so yeah there you go any advice on Bilbao Ollie send it my way that would be good <laughs> cool
0: <laughs> so yeah thanks everyone for listening thanks for all your comments and the week and tweets and stuff we do appreciate all the comments and um, yeah thanks it's been me and Glyn Hughes again as always. So ah,
1: get on with it. And we should just mention, Ollie, we're not gonna do a podcast next week, are we? Because no. there is only that Checker Trade game to cover and we're not really that interested. We may well do a special, so yeah. stay tuned to the to the Twitter feed. But um depends on how busy we are this week. But yeah, other than that, we will catch you in two weeks' time and uh, hopefully turn over in the playoffs. Cheers, See guys Saved up that joke all week. <laughs> Brilliant. I,
0: yeah, I know. It's just funny, and not it? It's just daft. <laughs>